So today we get a chance to celebrate Father's Day. To all the dads in church today, I wish you a happy Father's Day. Before everyone leaves today, you have to find Jim uh, Bergam and see his shirt. It is the best Father's Day gift I have seen so far, and you will you will love it, um, Jim. I'd have you stand up right now and share, show everyone, but uh, I don't want to embarrass you at all, except just to point you out right there. He's sitting over here, and uh, he's got a, a shirt that's perfect for Father's Day. Today is a special day because not only do we honor our dads, but I pray today that we in our lives can honor our Heavenly Father as well. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open it up to John chapter 14, verses 8 through 11. If you can put the screen up, the, the verse up on the screen, I'd appreciate it. But as the screen, uh, as the verse goes up there, I want to just give you some context to what Jesus is saying here. And, um, and, and then we'll dive into this a little bit later in the message. But leading up in John chapter 14, Jesus really begins the chapter by comforting his disciples. He's comforting his disciples because Jesus tells them, amongst the disciples, one of you will betray me. And some of you will deny me. And, um, and I am leaving you. Right? I'm going to my father's place. And, and the, the, Jesus drops this news on his disciples who he's been with for three years. And they're like, betray you? Deny you? And you're leaving us? And they're broken. They're shaken. They're, they're confused. And then Jesus says, and where I'm going, you know the way. And then Thomas says, show us the way. And Jesus has that iconic passage of scripture in John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then here comes our passage of Scripture. Um, It starts at verse 8 there, but I'm going to read verse 7 for you and then carry on from here. And Jesus says in uh, verse 7, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Show us the Father And that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Um, You went ahead just a little bit for me. And there you go. Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather... It is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. This is the word of the Lord. And so, before I I, I talk more about this passage of scripture, I just want to share a funny story. This is a great story I love to tell about my own father and my dad. Um... When I was growing up in Hawaii, when I was back in Hawaii, as I was pastoring my church in Hawaii, my dad and I would go out to lunch every couple of weeks. We'd, he'd call me or I'd call him. And I'd say, you know, he called me one time. He says, Gordon, hey, you want to go grab lunch? And I said, sure, Dad. You know, what do you, you want to get? And he says, oh, it doesn't matter. You choose. So I said, okay. Uh, dad, let's, let's go to Burger King. And, um, and he, uh, he said, 
Mm, well, no, let's not go to Burger King. Let's go get Chinese food. And um, so just so you know, my dad and I are speaking in Chinese. Okay. And um, and I said, well, dad, why? Why do you ask me where I want to go when you only want to eat Chinese food? Right. Which is funny because in China, they, they just call that food over there. You guys know that. And so, you know, with that, he goes, okay, well, wh- wh- where do you want to go? I said, Burger King, let's go get a Whopper. And he goes, what's that? I said, okay. Now, my dad, he, he loved Chinese food, but he, he also loves a bargain. And uh, I said, dad, the, the burgers here are, are large, and they're only 99 cents. And um, I think you'll like it. He goes, oh, okay. So I go and I pick up my dad. And, uh, and we go to Burger King. And I can already see on his face, you know, he's not really into it. And he's like, uh, he kind of mopes in. And I, I, and I have him sit down and I order the sandwiches and some fries. And I take it over to him and I put the Whopper in front of him. And he picks up this Whopper and he goes, wow, this is, this, this is a big sandwich. I'm like, yeah, only 99 cents. And so he unwraps it and he takes his first bite. And I could tell it was love at first bite. Right? His whole demeanor changed, and you're like, oh! And, you know, the flame-broiled goodness with the lettuce and the tomato in there. You guys all know, right? Whoppers, that's it. And, uh, and he's like, wow. And, and so he says to me, what's the name of this? And I said, it's called a Whopper, Dad. He goes, say, say it again? I said, Whopper. So he goes, Whopper? I said, Dad, that's good, Whopper, that's good. And uh, we had lunch, and then he went his way, I went my way. And, uh, and little, little did I know that my dad was so impressed by the Whopper that he went back again and again and again to go get lunch. It was only 99 cents. And in Hawaii, the, the, the state tax is 4%. And so he would take a dollar and three cents. And he'd go and he'd stand at the counter and he'd go, Wapa, Wada puts his dollar three cents down and they give him a whopper and a water and and then he had his lunch so two three weeks go by and uh and i call my dad because i hadn't seen him in a while and i said hey dad let's go get some lunch and he says great let's do it i said you want to get a whopper and he goes no no i i don't like whopper anymore <laughs> and, uh, i said what's the matter he goes so he told me I've been going to Burger King like three or four times a week, and I am just sick and tired of Whoppers. Oh, I can't stand another one. So I said, don't worry, Dad. I have a great idea. McDonald's has a 99-cent sandwich that's a little bit different. You want to try that one? He goes, it's different. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, okay. So I pick him up and we drive to McDonald's. And at the time, there was a specialty sandwich that they had for just a short time. I don't know if you ever saw it here in San Diego, but it's called the Big and Tasty. Do you guys remember the Big and Tasty? Yeah? So two Big and Tasties, please, with fries. I take it to my dad. And he goes, what's this? I said, it's a Big and Tasty. He goes, hmm. So he takes a few bites of it, and he likes it because it's just different enough from the flame-broiled goodness of, of Burger King. And he's like, oh. So he starts eating it. This is good. What's the name of it? I said, Big and Tasty. He says, what? I said, Big and Tasty. So as best as he can, he says, uh, Big and Tasty. I said, ah, that's good, Dad. You got it, right? And so, obviously, 
A couple of days go by. He goes back to McDonald's and he stands at the counter with his dollar and three cents in his hand and he said, Thick and tasty and water. And the girl behind the counter, this is, he told me this afterwards. He said, uh, uh, this is what happened. He actually he called me after he had lunch. He said, you're not going to believe what just happened. He was furious. You're not going to believe what happened. I said, what happened, Dad? So he's telling me the story. I go to McDonald's today, and I go order the big and tasty like you told me. And I say to the lady behind the counter, thick and tasty and water. And, and she, she was from the Philippines. And so she couldn't understand English. That's what he said. <laughs> and I said, what, what happened? She goes, I said, big and tasty. And she said, what? So, of course, you say it louder, right? I was screaming, big and tasty and water. And so she charges me $2.85. And so I, I pay the money. I get my, my sandwich. I sit down. I flip it open. And it's a fillet of fish. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing with this story. It's so funny. So every year since my dad passed, every year on Father's Day, I have a tradition. I go to Burger King and I order a Whopper in honor of my dad. So that's where I'm going to go to lunch today. I tell you this story because the more I tell it, and it's just a great story, the more I tell it, the, the funner it gets. But it also has a, a message that has begun to unfold about our relationships uh, that we have with one another. And the more I tell this story, the more I see my relationship and my role with my dad changing and switching from when I was a child to, to where I'm at today or where my dad and I were when he was still alive and um, and I, and as a kid, I remember learning so much from my dad. My dad was in the food service industry, and, and that's where my love of cooking comes from. I, I stood beside him as a child and watched him at home cooking and, and went to the restaurants where he worked at. And, and so I loved to cook, and I still remember um, learning so much from my dad. And then when, when these episodes in my life and my dad start to happen, um, I began to see that that my, our roles kind of switched from, from me learning from my dad to now teaching my dad how to, how to say these words and, and, and how funny it is. And our roles switched as well in other ways. As I took him out to lunch, I paid for all of the lunches. <laughs> and when I was a kid, you know, I trusted my dad to take care of everything. And when I got older, you know, Dad, I'll, I'll take care of this. He goes, okay. And, and, and so my, I started to, to pay for my dad. And, and, of course, I'd go pick up my dad because he was so much older and take him to the places. Whereas when I was a kid, he would pick me up and take me to places. And, and so I saw how our roles changed in such um, natural ways, you could say, right? Because that's what happens when we, we grow up. When we grow up, things change in the relationships that we have with our parents. And one of the things that, that changes, we, we become independent of our parents. I sure have. And, um, and even though our, our roles changed, right? Even though our roles changed, and, and we didn't need our parents in the same way, I sure didn't. You probably, those of you who are grown up, look back on your relationship with your parents. You don't need your parents the same way. Um, Something never changes in the midst of that. And that is the relationship between us. He will always be my dad. 
and I will always be his son. Even though the way we, 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 we uh, live out the different roles that we had as we grow up, you know, the, the roles change. I, I began to take him places. I began to provide for, I, I, I provided for him. I taught him things, and, and that used to be changed around. The, the, but the relationship that we had never changed. He was always my dad. And even though I was a father to my daughters, I was still his son. And I, I loved that aspect of our relationship, even though our roles changed. And, and when my dad got really old and, and when he, uh, towards the end of his life, I, I, I was with him every single day um, in the hospital when he, when he had his operation. And, and the months after that and his rehab and all that, I, I was there every single day. And, and uh, he had colon cancer and he had a colostomy bag and and I was there changing his bag every day and thinking back to what it must have been like because I don't remember how he would change my diaper, you know. And just thinking about how the roles had changed between us. And yet, the relationship hadn't changed. How now I was buying him groceries and, and taking it to him. And, um, and, and he was yet still my dad. And, I, and I, I just think back to that. And I will always be my dad's little boy, his son. So, but, but what I was trying to get to is that, that when we mature and we grow, we, we gain independence from our family, our dads, our, our parents. And, and my independence came when I turned 20 years old after I graduated from cooking school. I got on a plane in January of 1988 and I moved to San Diego, lived out in Claremont with my brother, got a job at uh, Torrey Pines Lodge. And then changed over to George's at the Cove, and I cooked in all these beautiful restaurants before I enrolled in Point Loma Nazarene University. And, um, and, and I loved being here in San Diego, living with my brother, enjoying the independence that we had growing up. And then after I finished college here in San Diego, um, Rochelle came, and, and we started dating, and we got married, and I served as a college pastor over at San Diego First Church, uh, realized that a business degree wasn't going to prepare me for a lifetime of ministry. So we moved to Kansas City. I went to seminary and prepared myself, got a master's divinity. When I got done with that, I moved back to Hawaii where my dad is, but I found my own place and I lived my life. And never once did I return back into live in my dad's home. And, um, and I looked at that journey that God took me on, and I, and I see how I gained independence along the way. And in American culture, the culture that you and I live in, that's a good sign of, of, of maturing, of growing up. It's, a, it's healthy to be that way, to be independent that way, to eventually one day start my own family and have my own kids. And I was on uh, this beautiful path of, of of, of living out the call that God had for me in my life. But then when I reflect on, not my relationship with my dad here on earth, but the relationship with our Heavenly Father, the, 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 the role and the course of maturity, the journey towards maturity, really takes on a different role and a different light in God's perspective. In the family of God, in the gospel culture, maturity is measured 
very, very differently. And I want you to know today that a sure sign of Christian maturity is not growing in your independence. It is learning to be more and more dependent on God the more mature we get in our spiritual lives. It's, it's totally counterculture in our, in our heads because all throughout life, my journey was towards being more and more independent. You know why? We value independence here in America, right? In, in just a few short days, we're going to celebrate what day on July 4th? Independence Day. And we're like, yeah, because you know why? With independence comes from the, uh, I'm going to quote from my favorite movie, Braveheart. Freedom. No, you got to say it the right way. It's a freedom. Freedom, right? With a nice Scottish accent. And, uh, and, and we love our independence. We love our freedom. But, but I want you to know that for, for those of you who are older in your faith, like I am, uh, to be more and more dependent on God, the more mature we get, it's... It's not as easy as you might think. It's a difficult journey. It sounds easy, right? Just trust in God more. But it, that's in contrast to the American culture that we live in. So here we live in one culture, and yet the culture of God calls us to live completely different. In fact, going in the opposite direction. And when we value independence so much and we value our freedom so much, we have to be very careful that when we approach the throne of God and our relationship with God, that we do not take that love of independence and that love of freedom into our relationship with Jesus. See, the older we get, I think, the more we forget what it means to be a good child, right? When I was uh, with my dad, as he was well, there would be weeks go by that I I didn't talk to him because I was busy with my own kids and doing my thing and working. You know, life gets busy. And, um, And weeks would go by sometimes without talking to him at all. And, and I know my dad would long to hear from me. Just like today, I long to hear from my daughters, which I, I don't get to see them very often. If you are a parent today of adult children, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And if your children are sitting beside you, I don't mean to be a guilt trip on your children, but hey, call your parents <laughs> from time to time. But man, as, as a parent of adult children, I long to hear from my children. And I don't hear from them as much as I wish I could. And some of you have grandchildren too, right? And uh, what a joy that is. And I would dare say today that in our congregation there are people missing who have gone off to see their children or grandchildren. That's how important those relationships are to us. And in retrospect, and we look back into the relationship with God, that, and even more, is how much God desires to be with His children. And so, I think, that maybe I'm just speaking for myself, 
the older we get, sometimes we forget how to be good children to our parents. And as adults, we need to do a better job of, of, of living out the biblical command to honor our father and mother. Not just when we're little, but even now as adults. Learning how in this stage of our lives to honor our father and our mother. And in the same light, as we mature in our faith, we cannot abandon our deep dependence on God because we truly are children of God. And every parent in here will tell you that when kids become independent, boy, we sure do miss them. We miss them a lot. And the struggle then is is so real for us, even in our own spiritual lives. Because we know that as kids, when we grow up, one of the things that mark our maturity is our self-sufficiency, when we can take care of ourselves, right? But yet in in, in the family of God, self-sufficiency, I would dare say, is not something we ought to strive for. But yet, and I'm just speaking for myself. It's one of my deepest flaws in life. I am a very self-sufficient man. If I can do it by myself, I will. And I thrive on getting projects done with my own ability, of the things that I have learned, my, the wisdom that I have gained. And when I can complete a task, man, I feel good about it, right? And I didn't need anybody's help. Self-sufficient. And as great as that sounds, it's one of my greatest flaws. And even in my relationship with God, if I allow that to become a part of how I, I, I interface and I interact with God, I fall so far short of the relationship that God desires that I have with Him. Because it's so easy to rely on our own wisdom that we gain and our own ability that we learn from our own experiences. Even when we learn from our failures, which is a good thing, right? And we can use all of that. But I want you to know, church, that we were never meant to take self-sufficiency as a posture in how we interact with God. Because a truly mature believer knows that we need God and we need to be God-sufficient in all that we do. And when we look at Jesus as our example of how He depended on God, we will learn something powerful and beautiful. In John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. I wish I had a picture of my dad, because my dad and I kind of look alike. Right? If you, if you look at the... Fathers and, and, and sons, even maybe fathers and daughters a little bit sometimes. I, hate, I would hate that if my daughters looked like me, though. <laughs> but if you look at a father and a son, sometimes you go, oh, I know, you're so-and-so's boy. Because you sound like him. Your mannerisms are like him. 
You even look like him, right? You take the appearance and, 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 and the whole, your whole personality is kind of like your dad's. I remember when I was a kid, I, I, I looked up to my dad. And when you go to school, I don't know if the, in Hawaii, you know, oh my, you know, when you're trying to be bullied and macho and, and when you encounter somebody that's bigger than you and more macho than you, you bring your dad into, oh yeah, my dad could beat your dad up, you know, kind of thing. I don't know if you guys ever did that. It was common in Hawaii. We use our dads as our backup. Now, my dad was, he could never beat anyone up. <laughs> he, he didn't know Kung Fu. <laughs> but uh, I would pretend that he did. And when they say, oh, don't mess with Gordon, you know, his dad knows Kung Fu. But one of the things that I believe strongly is that we need to take on the identity of our Father in Heaven. Because that's what Jesus did, right? Something that's so important to see is that Jesus' identity was wrapped up in His Father. He looked like His Father. He spoke of His Father. Everything He did, He did because that's what His Father told Him to do. In fact, our, past, our, our scripture that we're looking at today, Jesus says this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Jesus, if you've seen me, you would know who my Father is. Just like today, if you knew my dad and you saw me, you'd go, oh, that's Mr. Wong's boy right there. It looks just like his dad. As Jesus being our example, right? You see how he depended on his father. He found his identity in his father. And then the the last thing I want to point out about what Jesus did was Jesus intimately had a relationship with his father. It wasn't just God the Father Almighty up in heaven, but we know that Jesus called God Almighty Abba. And that's the intimate part of of him saying, this is my dad. Even with great reverence and humility, he embraced God in a very close and intimate and personal relationship. In John 14, 36, Jesus uses that beautiful word, Abba. Uh, Not to refer to that fun Swedish pop band, (laughs) but to refer to his father, where he says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Yet take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And in the most difficult time in Jesus' life, he calls out in an intimate and personal way to his Abba, Father. He acknowledges God's power and God's greatness, but in humble adoration, he draws God close to him. So today, very simply, as we grow in our walk with God, in our, in our lives, each of us, young people, even as you guys grow up, learn to depend on God more and more as you mature. It's, it's a hard thing to do because we are so, we love independence so much, we can never grow our spiritual lives if we're always so self-sufficient. And then, 
Allow your identity to be shaped by your Father in heaven. So that when people see you, they know who you belong to. Ah, you're a child of the King. That's who you are. That's who I am. Own it and embrace it. I've got to do a better job at that. When I'm out golfing, people say, what do you do? Sometimes I don't tell them I'm a pastor. Because once you say that, then, you know, they kind of hold you at arm's length. I really got to do better at that. Because I want to be known as a child of God. Not only do we identify with God and depend on Him, but let's be intimate in a close relationship with God. And find our times where, not just in the difficult times, but even in the fun times, to call Abba, Father. To draw close to the Lord. Like any relationship, that's what God desires from us. And I pray today that's what we can do. And in closing, I just have this beautiful verse from John 1.12. It says, Yet to all who believe him, to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Today, may we place our full faith in Jesus and believe that he truly is the Son of God. And if you've not gotten to that place yet, and if you've not placed your faith in Jesus so that you can come alongside Jesus and be a child of God, today is a great day on Father's Day to have God the Father be your Father as well. With that, would you bow your heads and join me in this closing prayer? And for those of you who would like to, join me in this prayer to rededicate our lives back to our Heavenly Father, to draw intimate with Him, to identify with Him, and then to depend on Him with everything that we have. Let's go to our Heavenly Father today. Lord God, we thank You today that You are our Abba Father. That we can come to You, Lord God, Not just a God that is transcendent beyond this world, a Father that is close to us, our Heavenly Father, who loves us and desires a a close relationship with us, who knows our every need and longs for us to call out to Him. Help us to be good children, Lord. Help us not to just seek to be independent of You and self-sufficient, But Lord, teach us how day by day we can depend on you more and more. And help us, Lord God, to identify with who you are in our lives. So much so that we can say as Jesus said, don't you know me? If you see me, you've seen the Father. May people who see us see you through us and in us, Lord. And for those today who may not have yet had the opportunity to know you as their heavenly Father, Jesus said that the, the, the way, to Jesus, way to God is for us to receive Christ as our Lord and our Savior and to believe that He is the Son of God. So for those who have yet come to receive Jesus and believe in Him, pray with me, Lord Jesus, I receive you today into my life, into my heart, to be my Savior, to save me from my sins. And I confess that I fall short. We all do. Forgive us, Lord God. 
receive you as my Savior and Lord. And I believe that Jesus, you are the Son of God who have come into this world to save people from their sins and to show them the way to where the Heavenly Father is because you are the way, the truth, and the life. I pray that you give us eternal life in you, the promise that you've given us because you love so much. Oh, how great the Father's love is for us today. We are so grateful. Thank you for your love for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name.